Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you wish to hear other audio messages, they are available for free at our website and also as podcasts or iTunes. Look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under the Latter Rain Ministries for English podcasts or Ministerio La Lluvia Tardía for Spanish podcasts to subscribe. The flesh is something we really need to be careful with. If we let ourselves be controlled by our sinful desires, by temporary and superficial things, we will lose out on the things that only God Almighty can give us. Being guided by the flesh, by something temporary, will only yield temporary or superficial benefits. But if we are guided by eternal and immovable things, then we will gain eternal and immovable things. Whatever we decide to let ourselves be governed by will ultimately dictate what will happen to us here and now and later in the not-so-distant future. If we set our mind on temporary things, then we will only gain temporary things. But if we are set on the eternal God of the universe, we will gain those things that possess His characteristics. There's only one path to immortality, and that is Jesus Christ. Please stay with us as we look together into what God's Word has to say about this. Let us pray to the Lord together. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, blessing and honor and glory and majesty be to you forever and ever, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O God, because you are more than good to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Heavenly Father, Holy God, that you may please forgive my sins and my wrongs. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, humbly that you may guide us, O Lord. And as always, Heavenly Father, please open our hearts, our minds, our understanding, O Lord, so that we may be able to take in your word as you wish it to go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our scripture passage reading today is found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Verse 1 to 15. This is the word of the Lord. And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. 
If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. What is the problem with being carnal or carnally minded? There are actually many practical and logical reasons for why we need to be careful with carnal thinking or being led by the flesh. The first concept we need to understand and keep in mind is that nothing lasting can come through carnality or the flesh. The Bible explains to us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, the following. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So, we can see very clearly that the flesh yields corruption. The problem with the flesh is that it is guided by the senses that we possess. The senses are the vehicle that we have to be able to perceive and experience our physical realities. However, we also need to keep in mind that this physical world is temporary. Everything that you see, hear, taste, smell, and touch will vanish someday. And so everything that exists in this physical world is corruptible. It just will not last. It's temporary and passing. That's the reference to corruption. When something is corruptible, it will vanish at some point. And so if something is temporary, how can we then concentrate and put our trust in something like that? Now, what makes the corruptible evil? The problem is that what is corruption finally leads to an end, to death. That's the problem with corruption. When we follow corruptible things, then we will start taking on the very characteristics that make those things corruptible, temporary, that ultimately lead to a permanent end. They lead to death. When we follow or emulate or value that which is corruptible, then our focus becomes just that. And when our focus becomes that, then that is what we will sow. And if that is what we decide to sow, then we will reap the natural consequences that comes with sowing in the flesh. Corruption, which is death. Let's put this into perspective that hopefully will bring more clarity. When people look to get married, they should look for qualities in the other person that will ultimately transcend time. It is not a bad thing to be attracted to a person physically or because a person is successful and so on. However, Temporary or unstable things should not be the basis for a marriage. This is one of the major aspects of why many marriages fail today. The basis that is used to marry someone are mostly temporary aspects. Some people base their marriage on physical attraction only. Some people base their marriage on sexual experiences. Others base the reasons for selecting the other person on money, success, career, similar life goals, and so on. All things that can change in a moment. What happens if a couple, for instance, gets married because of sexual attraction and that's what keeps them together and an accident happens and they cannot share that physical intimacy anymore? What then? What if a person is with another because they are a successful business person or a person of power and authority and something happens that ruins that successful business or makes them lose power and authority? What then? What if the butterflies that they feel in their stomach are gone at some point, or the romance is lost, or monotony sets in, or other outside or inner stresses surpass those reasons for why they chose to be with that person to begin with? The only true ingredient that needs to be present in a marriage is love, and the substance for that must be those things that are truly valuable. Like what, you may ask? How about the values or ideals of a person? What they think is important? 
How about if a person is caring, faithful, moral, and unselfish? What about if a person truly cares about and believes in God? What is their faith? Do they care about their fellow man? Do they go out of their way to help people? There are many things that should be looked at more closely in another person than superficial or passing or unstable characteristics, especially if you want a marriage that can stand the test of time and circumstances. The other problem with relying on the flesh is that the flesh is weak. Matthew chapter 6 verse 41 says this, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pretty straightforward, right? And what is it that makes the flesh weak? Sin. How can we understand that the flesh is weak? Because again, it centers around the corruptible and temporary. Let's put forth this example. Let's say a person wants to be a professional athlete in a given sport. Let's say they want to be a runner that competes in the Olympics. But one of their challenges is that they love eating junk food. There is just something about junk food that is extremely attractive to them. It all tastes wonderful though, right? But if they don't find a way to curb that weakness somehow and place their focus and attention on something superior, something that is more important to them, how do they think they will be able to achieve their goal of becoming a world-class runner? Because if they are always thinking about those French fries or that fat-loaded ice cream or that delicious piece of whatever pork that is dripping with fat, I can assure you, that they will never be able to become competitive if they don't do something to stay away from those things. Being a highly competitive runner requires a lot of discipline, mental strength, determination, hard work, hours of conditioning, and of course, a very healthy and well-balanced diet. And so, this person must make the decision at some point of what is more important to them. Fatty chips or becoming faster? bacon or becoming leaner, empty calories or gaining muscle endurance. How badly do they want to achieve their goal? How important is their goal? Is their goal important enough to being able to overcome their own weakness for something that hinders them from reaching the very goal they're trying to attain? Are you getting the picture? That's why we cannot rely on the flesh, because by nature it is weak, because it is easily overcome by the senses and circumstances. What's the ultimate problem with the flesh? It produces death. Romans chapter 7 verse 5 says this, For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. The flesh produces death. That is the fruit of the flesh, the product of the flesh. There is no sugarcoating or making it sound better. If we rely on the flesh, the flesh will not only get us killed physically, but even far more important, it will get us killed spiritually. The Apostle Paul went ahead to explain the effects of the flesh in us, where Romans chapter 7, verse 18 to 24 says this, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. 
But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And so sin dwells in the flesh. It's a part of us and it causes all kinds of problems that interferes with the spiritual side, with the eternal side of things. If you let it take over your life and you don't let God deal with your sin, then it will deal with you. Sin will end your life and give you a course that leads you straight to hell. The Bible explains that every single person comes equipped, if you will, with sin. Psalm chapter 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. And so, we are born in sin. Sin makes up our fallen nature. Every single one of us has this problem and will have this problem until our physical bodies are done away with. And we are given new bodies through Christ Jesus. When the regenerated soul through the power of the Holy Spirit is what takes full control and is no longer subject nor interrupted by our carnality. The practical problem with the flesh again is that it is focused only on the here and now, on the senses. This world and everything in it will one day pass. Nothing will remain, not even us. That is why our focus must be Jesus Christ, because he conquered death. He shows us the path from the temporary to the eternal. As it is written in John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We gain everlasting life, eternity through our faith in Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus was and is this word that was and is with God and was and is God. And in Jesus Christ is life, and this life is the light of men. There is no life or eternity or incorruptibility in anything or anyone else, only in Christ. And as such, if we want to live eternally, we need to look for this word. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 to 17 tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is more than just words on a piece of paper. It's the person of Jesus Christ. That's in essence who the word of God is. And through Jesus Christ is that we're able to gain good doctrine, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Everything that produces and leads to eternal life, to immortality. The Word of God equips us for every good work. Now, why do good works matter? Well, Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter 6 where it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is the great value of good works done through faith in Jesus Christ. Not only can we come to live eternally through Jesus Christ, but we can also make what we do here for the Lord count towards eternity. 
We have incredible and unimaginable things to look forward to when we labor for the Lord, and those things are eternal. They are not going to be gone in a few years. Do you understand the concept of eternity, of forever? That's what we will enjoy always and forever. That's why we cannot focus on the flesh, on the temporary world. For in doing so, not only will we lose our opportunity for eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, but also we will lose out on the eternal rewards we can have through the Lord. Now, you may be asking yourself this, that if God created everything, then what is the purpose for the flesh, for the temporary? We can look to give an appropriate answer when we read through Joel chapter 3, verse 12 to 15, where it says, Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. This world, this temporary place, is a place for decision. Love is based on choice. In order for there to be choice, there must be a competing option. This is how we understand free will. There is no verse that explicitly talks about free will, but throughout the Bible, the concept of free will is all over the place. Now, why does free will then exist? Why was mankind made with the ability to have free will? God wants ultimately what we want. For someone to be with us because they choose to be with us no matter what happens. That is probably one of the most important likenesses we have with God. God made man with the goal to create a living, breathing, and rational being that has the ability to make a free decision for him. For us as human beings to want to choose out of our own free will to want to love and serve the Lord. The Lord wants us to believe his love for us, to believe his love promises, and for us to appreciate what he has done for us and love him in return. It's the same thing we want, right? We want for the person we're interested in to see all of the wonderful and great things we have to offer them and for them to value those things we have and are and for them to choose out of their own free will us above other people. Because will we even feel anything special if someone is with us because they have no other choice? Joel chapter 3 continues saying where it gives us one of the many examples of God's love for us. And what he decides to do for us despite our sinful ways. And so it is written, The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy and no aliens shall ever pass through her again. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Achaicus. Egypt shall be desolation and Edom a desolate wilderness because of violence against the people of Judah, for they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall abide forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation, for I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed, whom I had not acquitted, 
for the Lord dwells in Zion. God will forgive our sin of unfaithfulness if we turn to him permanently and with all of our hearts. We may have done terrible things, but God desires to forgive us and change everything in our lives if we're willing to repent from all of our sins and look for him with all of our hearts, surrendering our lives to him so he can change and transform us and help us be able to come into his kingdom and receive those things he has prepared for those that choose to love him. Revelations chapter 21 verse 1 to 8 has this wonderful promise, but also warning where it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Nothing or no one can give you what the Lord can. But that's why you need to stay focused on Him. By making Jesus the foundation of your life and making His Word the structure for your heart. If we learn to love the Lord and overcome through Jesus Christ our flesh and all of its evil desires, we will inherit all eternal things and He will be our God and we will be His children forever. But if we choose to allow ourselves to be overtaken by our flesh, by our evil desires, and let ourselves continue down the dark path as cowards, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, we will not only lose our paternity for eternal life, but we will lose out on everything God has to offer those that love Him. Think about this. This world is only but a few years in the grand scheme of things. But eternity is a very, very long time, something that has no end. We need to be careful with the flesh and its desires. We cannot allow ourselves to be focused and least of all dominated by our flesh and for the reasons we mentioned before. Because just like we read at the beginning, the inevitable will happen, which is the testing of what is in our lives, what we have done with the temple of our heart, this life is a place for decision and living out that decision to either love the Lord or not. And that decision will be tested through time, trials, and tribulation, ultimately through fire. And the truth is that if Christ is not the foundation of your life, you will be lost. And also, if you have not used God's word to build upon Jesus Christ in your life, you will also suffer loss. There is something we need to truly come to understand. Jesus will never be lost. 
Jesus has no risk of loss or damage or effect of any kind on him because he is God. That's why the foundation, which is Christ, can be put through the fire and absolutely nothing will affect him. But if your life is not founded on Christ, you will lose out, or more clearly, be lost because you have nothing in your life that can resist the fire. Temporary things cannot withstand the fire that is about to come upon every person on this planet at some point. Christ has nothing to lose. If we don't make Jesus the foundation and building material for our hearts, Jesus has nothing to lose, but we have everything to lose. And God must allow for you to be tested so he can ultimately see what you're made of and if you are ready for those things that he has promised for our eternal purpose. Think about this one final thing. If you cannot survive what God may allow to happen in your life here and now, something that is just temporary, how can you ever be ready for something that's even greater and more lasting that is in eternity? Always be careful with the flesh. In the end, your worst enemy is not even Satan, but rather the enemy that lives within you, the sin that dwells within your flesh. Conquer your flesh through Christ here and now, and you will gain immortality. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. I give you thanks, O Lord, Heavenly Father, because we have forgiveness and the access to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, for the sacrifice of the cross. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to cling on to that sacrifice. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to acknowledge our sin and to turn away from it. To every day that goes by, Lord God, to just be a little more different, to let you work in our hearts. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, not to put our faith and not to put our eyes and our inclinations, O Lord, to the here and now, but rather, Lord God, help us to put first you and, Lord God, your things. Help us, O Lord, to stay focused on the future, not necessarily on the here and now, Lord God, but what is to come, and to remember always that what is to come is what will last forever. Help us to be found faithful and worthy through Jesus Christ. I pray for every person that's listening, Lord God, that they may understand, O Lord, that they need to be careful with themselves and with their weaknesses, and that they cannot let themselves be overtaken by their weaknesses, but that they must become strong in Christ so that they can overcome those weaknesses and gain what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.